Welcome to Clit Talk. The pleasure positive podcast. We're like the sex ed you wish you got. And then some. Pussy, pussy. It's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow. Bring your pussies to the show. So, Clitorati, we have spilled the beans and celebrated our 100th episode, and now questions are flooding in from our beloved fans. And just to be upfront, there's no show without everyone listening to Clit Talk every week, so thank you. Today, we have a very special duo who reached out to us from a college in Kalamazoo, Michigan. What, what? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so, so I was managing the Clit Talk email and I see this email from like a college email, right? And it was, the name was Savannah and I was like, what a cute name. And so I opened the email and there was this email from this college student telling us that they were literally studying our fucking podcast in their class. In their like, psychology it was, sex class? Yeah, what, what, what was the what kind of classes? Psychology of sexuality. Yeah, so nice. they were, oh, wow. they were legit studying our fucking podcast. I'm like, at what point? Does, did we become a podcast that people study in college? So it was a really cool moment <laughs> for me. And and they were so cute. And they were like, we want to collaborate with you. And we were resounding, fuck yes. We were like, yeah. <laughs> and I was hook, hooked on both of you after you said that you chose our show out of all the other sex podcasts because they thought ours was the most diverse and educational. So today we're flipping the script and they're interviewing us. For a classic Clitorati episode, please welcome Savannah and Mel. Woo, thank you. Yeah. We are We're, so We're so excited. We're so excited. I'm nervous. And They're so pretty. Aww. You guys are pretty. You guys are darling. We're just admiring your tight skin. Like, I have to get Botox in my face. To yeah, look this like is that. not natural, girlfriend. Not at all. <laughs> All right. All right, all right, all right. We wanted to hear from the next generation of what their questions were about sex in a really unscripted, raw conversation. And anything goes. They asked us if they could ask anything. We said yes. So I don't know what the fuck we've signed up for, but let's do this, Gen Z. Let's do it. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> Welcome back, Savannah and Mel. Woo! Woo-hoo! Yeah. Hello, ladies. Um, so we touched on this a little bit in the last episode, but I like, I always want more. So I kind of wanted you guys to talk a little bit more on your own sex education experiences in middle or high school. Like what, did they even have programs like that? Like what, what happened? I I feel like in school, no, it was like, don't get pregnant. But I was really fortunate. My mom was way ahead of her time. Also a nurse. You know, I had the kind of mom, I'll just put it to you like this. When I was 15, my mom asked me if I wanted a vibrator. Like that's, she, and then she also told me something I'll never forget. She goes, having an orgasm is your birthright. She did? Yes. She said, do not accept. She said, and always make sure you get yours first. Because once a man's come, he's done. (laughs) I never got any information. All I remember is. The banana with a condom in school. And it was with boy, it was a co ed conversation. Mm. And which is um, so comfortable when you're 12. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember sitting in the doctor's office so ashamed. My mom and I had gone to the doctor and hadn't told my dad that I was getting birth control. 
And um, those are really the only educational things that I remember from growing up. Oh my God, you guys, we totally had sex ed in school. That was So in junior high, we had a class that was actually sex ed. I'm just so shocked to hear this. Oh, but in wow. elementary school in the sixth grade, I remember this girl, her mom bought her a book that was all about the anatomy for boys and girls and sex. And in the sixth grade, it was the grossest thing ever. And then it was probably the eighth grade that they had sex ed in school. Interesting. Now, this was the Midwest. Interesting. A little different. I mean, what, I was born. I'm so surprised. What, what part of the country did you grow up in? Well, they, these all happen in the Midwest. That's what I was saying. The Midwest. So yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. I was in the East. I grew up on the East Coast. You were Midwest, right? Yeah. You Ohio. were. You were California. Yeah, I was sugar, born yeah. and raised in Southern California. Okay. Yeah. And for me, I mean, they knew we were all fucking, you know. So my sex ed was like, <laughs> all right, we need you guys to not get pregnant. So there's such thing as condoms and birth control, right? And like, oh, those things, you know, they taught us what birth controls will help prevent STDs and what won't, you know. And I remember my mom told me I had a like high school sweetheart boyfriend in high school. And my mom says to me, look, I know you're going to have sex. Just tell me when you do so we can get birth control. <laughs> my mom said the same thing. Right. And can I just say, um, taking a pill that, changes your hormones at such a young fucking age is a manifestation of patriarchy. How young were you? I was 15 when I lost my virginity and I was on birth control from 15 to 18 years old. And I dealt with some um, weight fluctuation issues, even though I was an avid athlete. And I just could, when I got off of birth control at 18, I felt completely different. I felt so much better. I was able to like keep weight off. And I like, again, like this is capitalism, right? This is someone's business, birth control. So if it's infiltrated into our educational system, right? It, it It's so much fucking deeper. Um, and I just like have to put it out there that if you are on birth control, uh, just like check in with yourself. Is this a res- product of what we are programmed to think in society or is your body actually in alignment with those added hormones? And well, there, are, there, are, well, there I, are hormone-free options. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm on a, just a progesterone birth control. I've been on the same one since I was eight, 17, and I never had any issues with it. So I know you definitely mm. can have side effects, but it right. has had zero effect. And I got pregnant right away, like mm. right away. Well, but right. I think, I think <laughs> it's a really, I think birth control is a really personal conversation. Yeah. Everybody's body is different. Like just Look oh, at the studio right, right now. I've had an around. IUD yeah. for almost 10 years, a copper T right. IUD, no hormone. Because I can't do hormones because multiple women in my family have had um, breast cancer from birth control. So it like does not mix with my genetics. I can't mm. be on any sort of hormones. So I did a copper T IUD, had no issues with it. But Crystal has like a fucking horror story. So she, I think it's, her part of her IUD is it, like, somewhere in her body. Missing like in her body. Yeah. So yeah. I just think, I think so birth control scary. is like such a personal conversation. Yeah. I know for some people, certain hormonal birth controls like made such a difference in their life. But I do think what you're pointing to, Sugar, is really being your own advocate and right. like being able to speak up for yourself at a young age and being like, you know, this isn't working for me. I want to try something else. Yeah. It was yeah. Boyfriend's Absolutely. mom that got me to do my first birth control. Yeah. And it was a Depovera shot. And you know. it was one of the most horrible experiences, also. Yeah. Oh, really? You know, oh, yeah. and this is crazy because we're talking about like when we're about to lose our virginity and people make want to make sure we're on birth control versus ask us the question of, do you know what you want in bed? Do you well, know what? I think both conversations are What I mean is that conversation was that was not present for me. No, no, no. Right? It wasn't no. present for us, but they want to make sure we're on birth control. 
And meanwhile, the question about pleasure and do we know what we want in bed and have we explored our bodies never gets brought up. Well, I feel right? like once you've talked about are you on birth control, blah, 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 like the mood is totally killed. Like, yeah, totally. I, I feel like this hasn't, like when we grew up, well, I'm almost 36. So it wasn't a comfortable thing to talk about at all, you know? And I also grew up Catholic and you just don't really talk about anything. So, um, <laughs> This is, we're still on their first question. Should we move on? Yeah, we should probably move on. <laughs> we, we just went on a hardcore on. tangent. Wow. We're so passionate. With what your parents told you and what you've been learning about yourself, how will you communicate sex to your kids? Ooh, that's oh. a good question. Yeah, um, my son is either going to be hugely embarrassed by me or think I'm really <laughs> awesome. Or his, or his girlfriends or boyfriends will think I'm really awesome. And will thank me. So um, I am not, I mean, my son is six and a half months old, so I haven't thought about this very much. But I think talking to kids early about sex is really important. Girls are getting their periods younger and younger, and they need to know what, how to protect themselves. And also that means that their hormones are going. So they're going to be sexually active. So they need to know what to ask for in bed. So Mm -hmm. I think with my son, I would definitely teach, well, probably with my husband. My husband would probably teach him about his own self-pleasure. And then I would probably teach him about pleasuring a woman and what (laughs) Yes. What to ask for? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Totally. And um, and what and boundaries? And I think I would definitely talk to him about boundaries and getting clear mm-hmm. answers from his partner. Mm-hmm. My mom, my mom gave me some really good advice because for a, for a moment in time, I was really taking on a role of a stepmom, and she said, "You know what? Just answer the questions that the kids are asking. Just answer the questions as they're coming, and then say, do you want to know any more?' And kids are really pretty." more in tune to themselves than adult, many adults are. And you just answer the questions that they're asking as truthfully as you can and only give the information that they can handle it that they want at that time. I would also say as a parent, much like Katie, like I think my conversations are going to be pleasure-centered mm-hmm. as well as the health stuff, but really mm-hmm. that it's okay to pleasure and masturbation is normal mm-hmm. and you can talk to me about anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm and never, never going to, yeah, I'm never going to, I don't know about that. <laughs> But I'm never going to judge my kids for anything. I want yeah. I want them to know that they can come to me with anything and that I will never judge them mm-hmm. because we all fuck up. We all do stupid shit. And like, that's what it is to be human, right? But, and we all have sex. And yeah. we all, it's, like, it's important to yeah. pleasure yourself. We've been having sex for millions of years. Right. <laughs> I mean, when I was four years old, I was caught humping a life-size toddler teddy bear and was yelled at right away. I think it was my parents just, they were shocked. They didn't know how to respond. And so then that moment, they were like, oh, fuck, what's going on? And I think that when I catch my child uh, humping a life-size toddler teddy bear, I will encourage it and say, I will leave the room and let them start to— because they're exploring. Why stop their exploration? Kids are supposed to fucking explore. Let them fucking explore. They're their greatest teachers. Just fucking get out of their way. You know? How many times are you going to say fuck? Just I'll fuck, 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 You're like Ben Affleck in that one movie where he says a fuck like 21 times. And luckily my son has a bunch of great aunties to go talk to if he doesn't want to talk to Oh, yeah. That was actually something I was going to bring up is 
I always go with the cool auntie approach. Oh. Literally. And it's so interesting, though, after hearing what you ladies are talking about, the cool auntie approach is typically, be sure you use condoms. Am I ever really bringing up the pleasure part? Actually, no. Mm. So mm. there's an adjustment that could be made. Oh, good. For right. sure. Cool. But it's 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 been a con— it's, the perception I've brought into it has been protection and safety. And then also, hey, it's like a basketball game. If someone decides they want to stop playing, you stop. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would say like the pleasure part, like for girls, it's allowing them the space to discover what they like and mm-hmm. really encouraging a relationship where they're exploring their own bodies. And for boys, it's explaining how women work and explaining pa- patience to men and mm-hmm. that women, a woman's pleasure needs to be honored. Totally. You know what? I'd like to see the word pussy in a fucking textbook. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, my kids, is that that your when they say, is that you know, class? when we were, we, we were, your told, teacher put it up on the board. <laughs> we want your teacher to write pussy on the no, chalkboard. Seriously, because we're said, <laughs> you know, those are our private parts or down <laughs> yeah. there or cookie. And it's like, no, I'm going to tell my kid that's your pussy. Yeah. And pussy and a sentence. Like, what, I mean, a vagina is so like clinical and like. It's fine to use the real no, word it's though. fine. But I also think like the context around pussy needs to be shifted too. Like, For sure. To, be, to have it be as a word to describe someone as weak is fucking ridiculous. Well, everyone should it read It squeezes the, out a watermelon. Yeah, I, I've never weak. seen a penis be able to do that. No, seriously. It would burst <laughs> into a million pieces. And it's on the first fucking page of Regina Thomas-Shower's book, Pussy Reclamation, that pussy is the most holy word there is. Look, read the first page of that book. Yeah. Hey there, Clitorati. It's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk and they were an overwhelming yes. So now you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough. So do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. All All right. right, next question. Well, I have like a lot of fun questions, but I, when you guys kind of talked about what you were going to talk to your kids about um, or your nieces or nephews, like it came up that, you know, boundaries were discussed. And I think like particularly with us and like other college students worldwide, we see this huge issue with sexual violence on college campuses. So do you think that that is a result of, you know, not having those strong conversations early on? Okay, so and guess do you mean what? sexual violence in um, homophobic or like what do you? Are you mean talking about? Yeah, are you talking about rape? Are you talking about homophobia? Yeah. Like what are you talking about? In all sense, I think more particularly. I mean, I want to say in all senses of the word, but like um, with the issue of consent and rape being more vague. I want to share something pretty intense, and it's with no significance. I've processed this with a lot of different therapists and sex coaches. Uh, When I was in college, I was at the infamous USC. Uh, I was at a frat party, and uh, I woke up the next morning to um, a a man fucking me from behind in a in a in a spoon position, and I I realized I had been drugged and brought back there for whatever shenanigans in the evening, and in the morning was woken by this, and a week later I was diagnosed with herpes. 
I can say I'm herpes free as of today. Uh, Which so she's I, talked about in an yeah, episode. Yeah, on, on our yeah, STD, our STD episode. Episode. Can we, episode. Can we find out what number episode that was? With we'll, we'll let them know. We had a yeah. whole episode on STDs on where she talks in detail about mm-hmm. how she cared herself. It's yeah, not our highest rated episode, but it's a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly, I think that, that um, you know, the hookup culture and the shenanigans that come along with it, I think we as women need to take some goddamn responsibility. I am not. I don't sit here and blame any of the men. Uh, I sit and self-reflect and look where I didn't get clear on what I want as a woman. I didn't take the time to check in with my pussy. I didn't let her lead the way. I didn't ask her what she wanted. That's on me. That's not on that guy. The, the, the manifestation of being... Um, uh, in a situation where you are with someone and it, it, you're not experiencing it as a consensual dynamic is 100% your responsibility. And I can say that mm, in college and up until I was 20 years old, 99% of the people that I had sex with, I didn't want to. I would say it, it is, it's not all on you. I would say it is on him too. And men need to be educated. But what I would say about women, oh, what, what number is STD episode? So, so we talk about it in our yeah. STD so, episode, yeah. which episode, is episode, episode 40. Is where, we, where she goes into detail about that. I would say like it's really important, especially in colleges. Like one thing that I put in place for myself, women. I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. We have to protect ourselves at an at a deeper level than men do. And I I really strongly encourage people to use that buddy system. Like and it's biological. Yeah, it's biological. But you got to use that buddy system. Like where the fuck is your like who's your buddy for the night? Where the fuck is so and so? What happened? Like, you got to keep an eye. Like, you girls have to stick together and use a buddy system. And men need to be educated that it's not okay. Like, if it's not a hell yes, it is not okay. Anything less than a hell yes is a no. Right. But what I want to point to is that to get to the point where you're in a position where you're like, fuck, I want to get out of this. Mm. What was going on in your head? What did you feel like you couldn't say that got to the point where you're in a situation you don't want to be in. Like you got there and you let yourself get there and yep. then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, why did I do this? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Women, it's women, about pleasing. You know, I mean, that's part of the societal well, it's situation boundaries. that we're well, in. Women, it's, women yeah. I think women and especially young girls need to get really comfortable with saying no. Yeah. But you have to know what you want. And you get better at practice. Every time you say it, the easier it gets next time. But in order to say no, you have to also know what to be a hell yes to. You have to know what you want. It'll be a lot easier to say no if you know what to say yes to. So I do think that this education and and sex, um, taking the shame out of sex and talking about it, is mm-hmm. will definitely contribute to a decrease in sexual violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. and men and men need to be educated, but women need to be responsible for not putting ourselves in a bad right. in, in a bad situation. We have to be responsible for check. You know what? It starts with us. What the fuck do we want? You don't know? Get clear. Call a god a sister. Call you know. Figure it the fuck out. Listen before- to our podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Does that answer your question? Yes, yes, it does, and even more. So then going off of that, if you could give advice to your high school or college self about sex, what would you tell yourself? Ask your pussy what she wants. That's what I would say. And then I would say just read pussy reclamation. <laughs> learn what you like and learn how to communicate it. And I would tell my high school and college self, if any man can't handle you telling him what you want, fucking run. Mm-hmm. He's not that- a man. Right. And by the way, speaking of masturbation, self-pleasure, we have an incredible free e-course yeah. on 
self-pleasure. Yeah. If you Clint go to our website, it's a 12 yep. day, it's totally free. You sign up and we have videos from all different experts. If it's like a whole like 12 day pleasure challenge. And you guys, it's also about talking to your friends too. So mm. you're not, you're not experiencing yourself as being completely alone in the conversation. You can check in and see, hey, does this make you comfortable? Not comfortable? Even guy friends. I always felt, um, in college, especially when I talked to some of my closest guy friends that maybe I wasn't sexually attracted to, but we were close enough to talk to about things with, that it had me just feel more comfortable and like not as alone with the things I was thinking about. Yeah. There's and, so yeah, that's great. There's so many resources mm-hmm. out there. Like create a group at your college. Like reach out to podcasts yeah. like us. Like create a community around you. That's so great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Crystal, yeah, and like we clit talk is a noun. Like when you come to together and talk to people about sex, like it's clit talk. That is clit talk. You're clit talk. (laughs) We are clit talk. I would say to myself that, you know, your pussy isn't gross. Look at your pussy in the mirror. You look at your pussy in the mirror. It's a a privilege to be a part of it. And And give up body shaming yourselves. For God's sakes, you're never going to look as young and beautiful as you do today. There are there is a great episode Enjoy it. That we have on um, body shame. The body shaming episode was episode 40. 49. And 50. And 50. Oh, it was a back-to-back. So it's 49 and 50. If you guys want to listen to that, that's a great episode too. So did you guys back, I know like some of you talked a little bit about your college experiences. Did you have any issues living with a roommate and trying to explore your sexuality or anything that we can apply to any of our other college (laughs) listeners? I mean, I remember bringing back my first girl to my like dorm. Like I like made out with like one girl freshman year and we came back to my room when my roommate wasn't there. You know, just like getting creative of like when you have your room to yourself. But then my other strategy was just, you know, hooking up with older guys and going to their off-campus apartments. So... I spent a lot of time okay. at the um, SAE house. I was going to say, with the fraternities, it was a little different for sure. Yeah. Right. And yeah. they, but I'd say the guys are always good about... Katie's here, the anal the... sex ninja's ready to party. <laughs> I was like the blowjob queen. I didn't really oh fuck a lot God. of people. Jesus Christ. I didn't fuck a lot of people. They didn't. They weren't allowed, but I definitely fooled around. So we have a... You guys mentioned that in college, there's just like an old, like all-around hookup culture. And right now, kind of with all the new dating apps, the hookup culture has moved to Tinder and Grindr and all of those. So um, what are your thoughts on those kind of dating apps? What do you guys think of them? I mean, I'm so old school. I feel like meet, you know, go out in life, meet people in real life, like pick events that like, you know, have a community you're aligned with. Um, I'm kind of old school. We're we're a little older, but do you know, I have a younger brother and he uses the apps. He travels all around the world with his job. And he meets people all around the world on Tinder. And I'm pretty sure he hooks up with them because women fly in <laughs> from all over the world to see him. We did just out your brother on the show. <laughs> his friends listen to this show. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> he's so cute. He's he's tall, blonde, and handsome with blue eyes. So I'd bang him, but he's your brother. So I mean, that'd be weird. Okay. How old is he? <laughs> Is he available? But he uses Shut these apps and he goes on dates all the time. And um, he actually finds it a really great way to meet people and to see new parts of the world. So, um, and he, all, like, all these women are so gorgeous who he brings home. I've done it internationally. I've done it domestically. It's white noise. It's like I already have so many messages to deal with. 
when I'm trying to meet people on the apps, I find it redundant. You're just copy paste, copy paste. Or if you guys want to know about pussy looking good, how to go down on a girl, that was episode 30. If you want to go back and listen to that. And we also have Swipe Left, our selfie obsessed social media culture, which is episode 71. We ha- we go in depth into this, this question. I actually feel like I have a different perspective. So it was interesting for me when I was on Bumble and all those things. I had a very similar experience to Crystal where it's like the copy and paste. But then I got into this app called Field, which is dun, which dun, is dun, 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 which is kind of for more like kinky people. It's like couples looking for a woman or like just like people that have more fetish or kinks. And at first I was just on there to have sex because I was newly single. But what I discovered is what's hilarious is I have I met up with all these people because I was in this space and I've made so many actual real friends and and real people. And what I found is this app, a lot of the, if you're kinky or something, if you're on Bumble, you're almost trying to like act like the boy or the girl next door. But on this app field, I had the experience of people just being themselves and saying exactly what they wanted. Guys are like, are you into uh, acting like a sex slave? And I'm like, yeah, totally. And when you start a conversation like that, it's a very different dynamic. And there was so much freedom around it. And I've met some of my like best friends off that app. Like there's a couple that like hits me up all the time. Still, they like love me. And and it was just very different experience than the traditional like Tinder, Bumble app. So I would say say like there's something to be said for just really being yourself and not being the cookie cutter like girl next door even mm-hmm. though I look like the girl next door I'm not mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it's like because I agree like Bumble and Hinge and all that stuff I was like fuck those apps but Field and the more kinky apps I've had a lot more success with so if you're a freak and you're in college just like go on the kinky apps that's what I would we had a couple people that wanted us to make sure that we got in some questions for them Okay. Mm. <laughs> Let's use them by name. Let's fucking put them on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a lot of people were curious on how to talk dirty or how they would go about doing that just because a lot of us maybe haven't done that and we don't really know what words what? to say. <laughs> Can I give you an example of like how I talk dirty? Mm. Yes, yes. Please. yes, please do. You fucking like that? <laughs> you like the way I suck your cock? You like the way I ride your cock. Oh, you fuck my pussy so good. Oh, that's I use that one a lot. Yeah. Oh, you fuck me so good. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's she she wrote read all she wrote all those down. That is like clutch. Dirty talk is an element of kink. Um, and I've what I've discovered about myself is I'm a cerebral kinky person. So I'm not so much into like bondage or like physical kink, but I'm very into cerebral kink and role play and fantasy. And I would say have conversations with your partner outside of the bedroom to talk about like what kinds of things, what fantasies turn you on, what don't, is this okay? Mm-hmm. I want to I say this to you in bed. Like talk about it outside of the bedroom yeah. so that when you're in the bedroom, you're more comfortable to like say things like, oh my God, you fuck my pussy so good. Like, right. I mean, pretty much everyone likes that one. That's like a good one. Yeah. But I would say, I would say like have conversations outside the bedroom and like be like, what's, what's a deep fantasy of yours you've never told anybody right. before? And and when you have that level of intimacy where you're sharing fantasies with each other, there's going to be a comfortability where you can just be yourself. Everybody knows how to dirty talk. They're just afraid to like be themselves is what I think. Right. So when I dirty talk, I really start laughing. So this is like <laughs> me and my husband, right? So 
I start laughing. So what I like for the guys who are listening to this episode is to be dominated in bed and be like, are you a bad girl? (laughs) Thank you, bad girl. I'll be like, choke me a little bit, but not too hard. (laughs) (laughs) Do it perfectly. Do you like that? And be like, yeah. I'm like, (laughs) just kidding. I, I like to be dominated in bed. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I like I'm, to be told I'm a good little girl. Though. I like to be told that I'm a dirty little slut. Yeah. Also, ladies, like what you can do for practice is do it over the phone. So you don't ooh, quite have ooh, any... shit, bitch. Crystal. <laughs> I was just waiting for my moment to put that shit in. <laughs> oh, my God. But, no, so you have the opportunity to practice without actually having to let them see you. You see them, which kind of breaks the intimacy a little. But then when you actually are in person, you've already said it. You're a little more comfortable. doesn't mean you're saying the same thing. But mm. it's a way to get yourself a little bit more comfortable with trying that on. So what should we do if we think our partner is lying about enjoying sex? So what I typically think is like a lot of females fake their orgasms. I can tell you this from my perspective. The conversation that had the biggest difference for me, and I didn't even realize I was faking it or even putting on an act, right? I think a lot of people feel they have to perform in bed like a porn star. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. Same. Yeah, exactly. So the biggest conversation that made a difference for me is a, is a, actually the guy I was just recently dating said to me, I feel like, and it was a little harsh at first for me, but then I realized it was actually the biggest gift he could have ever given me. He's like, I feel like you're acting and it makes me feel weird. And I'd really like for you to feel the freedom to just be present and you don't, don't make any noise unless it's natural for you. And just feel the freedom mm. to feel whatever you're feeling and allow it to, and allow it to take as much time as it takes. Because I think for us as women, we feel a lot of pressure to come really quickly. And that's not true for us. It takes the average woman 20 minutes to get turned on. Just to get turned on mm-hmm. until like your pussy's ready, you know? And if you need to, if you, then for us, it's also, you know, I'm, I need, I need you to sh- gently stroke my clit until I'm turned on. That may take 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And allow yourself to be quiet and to almost have it be meditative. And to, there's actually a TED talk all about this. It's called the, the Art of the Female Orgasm, which we've mentioned on the show before. And there's a practice that you can take on with a partner. But I think the biggest thing is to allow the space of not having to perform and whatever is true for you is true for you. Now, I don't know how that would work in mm-hmm. like a one night stand. This is definitely more advice for like more of a longer term relationship. But, but you guys can be that for your partners and create that environment. And I actually think you know, you taking a stand and creating that for whether it's a man or a woman on the other end of that, most people would be interested in that. And I just think that when you start asking for what you want, your partner will feel comfortable at some point to finally ask for what they want if they haven't been doing that. Well, Savannah and Mel, we just want to thank you so much for reaching out and creating this opportunity for us to get connected to the generation who's going to take over for us one day. You, we, I feel we have learned just as much from you as you have from us today. And we're so excited. You have spurred so much inspiration in us connecting to your generation and to colleges. And we see a new opportunity for Clit Talk making a difference on college campuses. So, we want to go on tour. Yeah. So. And you guys were the precipice of that. So, so thank you for having the 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 clits 
to reach out to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are so honored that you chose our podcast to study in your class and so honored that you're going to be sharing this. And um, just thank you for who you guys are. We really, really appreciate you. Thank you. We thank love you, you guys. Thank you so much. We love you. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, Clitorati. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at clittalkshow for your clit fix in between episodes.